Hello, welcome to Cue the Creative. This is your host, Tanisha Graham, and I have a special guest that we are going to be interviewing today, and her name is Deanna Seitz, and I cannot wait to share with you her brilliance, her creativity, and her artistry. She is an amazing musician. Uh, They have people ranting over her all over the world. The Kansas City Star says that she is a world-class musician with a strong following, and that she is. And I, she has also a brilliant story that comes with her. And so I would like to introduce you to Diana. How are you, Diana? Oh, I'm doing so great, Tanisha. It's so wonderful. I'm honored and just really excited to be uh, interviewed on your podcast. It's the very first one for me. So I hope everything goes well. I'm sure it will be great. Well, I am honored that you are able to talk to us today. And I'm sure it will be great. The cool thing about podcasts is it's basically just a conversation between two people. And during this time, we're needing some conversations. <laughs> I know I'm needing a conversation because oh, yes. we are we are just cooped up in our homes during yes. this crazy time. Well, let's just talk about a little bit about your story. I think your story is fascinating. Um, Thank you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were a refugee, basically forced to leave your homeland after like a severe ethnic persecution. And was it 1993? Yes, that's correct. Well, actually, we 1993, when finally we were so blessed to arrive to the United States uh, because our refugee status was acknowledged by the government. But we had to leave our home in 1989, my mother and I. And so from 1989, we started that journey where we just basically lived from day to day, you know, and um, uh, we survived, thankfully. And so in a couple of years after that, we found out about this program that um, a Catholic organization, I I believe, in the United States brought this to the government's attention that there's a group of people like us, the ethnicity that was persecuted and had nowhere to go. And so thankfully through that program, by 1993, we were able to come to the United States. Wow. It's that's such an amazing story. So when you, you came, it was just, was it just you and your mother? Yes. Okay. So you and your mother came and you had, were you studying violin at the time or did you start studying violin after that? Tell me about your studies in violin and just attaining that art form. Thank you. Yes, it's a long process. So I started studying violin when I was seven years old, which was very, uh, in former Soviet Union, that was normal kind of age to start six or seven. And so all through those years, I was first, uh, I went to a music school. I was enrolled by uh, my parents, that's kind of a normal process. You went to an, actually a school of music where you studied everything right from the start, not just your instrument, but a harmony and theory and singing and all these amazing things, which I'm very grateful. So in 1989, I was already, uh, I was fortunate, I was already studying in Moscow Conservatory, Tchaikovsky Moscow Conservatory. So, um, and living in the dorm because I was originally not from Moscow. And so in 1991 is when I graduated from Moscow Conservatory. And originally I was supposed to go back home 
uh, back to my homeland and start working there where I already had career going, you know, for a performer that I was already, I was already in my early twenties. That was the time to, you know, finally start using your connection and building your career. And so that's when everything broke out. Gorbachev's times came and that's when things started unraveling. And so I basically got stuck in Moscow. I couldn't go back and I brought my mom with me to Moscow. And for a while, uh, we were hiding her in the conservatory dorm while I was still there. Wow, (laughs) that is fascinating. I was actually bribing the, that was before we were Christian, okay? (laughs) I I love you. I was actually bribing our director. She was a nice woman. She knew my mother. My mother had nowhere to go. And at first it went well, but then after about a month, she came to me and said, Listen, I cannot have your mom here. I'm going to get in trouble because she feeds all the students here. So everybody knows she's here. I can't have that. That's so so cute. Yeah. So basically my my mom, uh, we, so I was distraught at that point because it's very hard to find a place to stay in Moscow. And if you do, it's very expensive. And of course we had no money at that point because we just got up and left in one day and never came back. And so... So I literally was out in the halls of the dorm and right in that same day, literally moments after that conversation, um, a girl came up to me and she asked me, hey, do you need a room, a free room to stay not too far from Moscow? My parents want me to stay there instead of the dorm because they don't want me to party. But this little old lady, (laughs) she's so boring. So if you need room, she had no idea what was happening. So literally just like that, all of a sudden my mom had a room to stay. And, you know, that was one of the first moments when her and I, we were kind of, we looked at at each other and we started realizing (sighs) Since we left our hometown, you know, literally in one day, we all these things have been happening that at first we thought they were just happy coincidences that by then, by after a while, we kind of looked at each other. And that was the day we said, you know what, there's someone bigger than us up there who cares about us. And those were the first day we started being more aware of the fact that indeed there's more to life than we can see. And, you know, kind of our journey to realizing that there's God who loves us. That's when it started through those um, circumstances. That's that's such a beautiful encouragement. And you know what I think we don't realize is that God cares about our little tiny situations. And that's when we feel the most loved when you're like, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. he really loves me. And that brings me to another story that um, I know you were a TEDx speaker (laughs) last year, which I think is amazing that you did that. And the, it was just an incredible speech. I watched the speech and I love the story while we're talking about faith. I love the story that your mom prayed for you to have an Italian violin. Will you tell that story? I love that story. I'm very blessed. Also, that's another, you know, story um, that it never thought would happen to me. It's something that you read, you know, in the books or see in the movies, but it was real. I was a single mom. Uh, After we came here, you know, I got married, had have three beautiful children, but you know, it didn't work out with their dad and I, we ended up divorcing. And that's when I went back to school, got my graduate degrees. And as I was graduating, you know, trying to apply for jobs, this just came up. And this friend of mine who was a violin maker, he heard about 
the fact that I was worried that maybe I need, without having this really fancy, amazing instrument, I might not have that many chances to get a good job. Um, and uh, he, that's what happened. He called me and he said, you know, I just had a family. Uh, that was all happening, by the way, in Oklahoma. I was, you know, that's where I was doing my studies at the point, at that point. And he said, a family just came there. They're kind of disputing over uh, inheritance. And part of the inheritance is this beautiful instrument. I'm pretty sure it's, uh, and he named this very famous Italian violin maker, Paolo Testori. He said, I'm pretty sure that's it. Uh, they were, they really didn't care about the violin. It was for 60 years, it was sitting up in the Oklahoma attic. So the, oh, the only wow. reason they care, they just want to get rid of it so they could just settle the disputes over the inheritance. So what happened, he said, I told them honestly that this violin would, they could sell it for a lot of money, which they got excited. But then he said, I explained to them that first it needs some work done. And then a violin is such a thing. It could take, it could sell in two days. It could take. 10 years for it to sell that you never know, you know, it's something that you don't, people don't buy every day. And so at that point, yeah. they just said, well, I just write us a check of whatever you, you've been. So he just wrote them a check. I never know how much he, uh, he paid them for this violin. And so usually he told me, usually when I get such rare violins, uh, there's a special uh, like violin dealers, you know, in Europe that deal these very, very expensive instruments. He said, he, I usually send it to them. They do the restoration. Then when they sell it, I get the commission. But he said, you know what? I feel like I want to restore this violin myself because once I restore it, if you play it and if you like the way it sounds, it's yours. And that's what happened. Wow. I, I of course, when I played it, I, and also, I believe that man, he, he already passed away several years ago. Uh, he was a beautiful person, beautiful. And he always said, he said he would help me a lot because I was a single mom, you know, going through school, doing my doctor's studies with three tiny kids. Uh, of course, I had a family support, but still, you know, working, you know, all the gigs I could. And so he would, you know, and music is expensive business because you have to maintenance. You have to rehair like a bow rehair is about $60. Yes. You have to do it quite often. A set of strings about eighty dollars. You know, for a single mom with three little tiny kiddos, you know, it's it's a lot of money. So very often he would like rehear a bowl for me and wouldn't charge me, or he would give me strings, and I would ask him. I'd say his name was Rocky Warning. Uh, may he rest in peace. He was a wonderful, beautiful believer. He said, uh, "I said Rocky, but you know, this is your business. You have a family." He said, "Don't worry. You know, there's so many people who are who have lots of money." And they buy instruments and do music just for fun. Don't worry. I charge him a pretty penny. <laughs> but always said, <laughs> How but sweet. Said, but I believe that we violin makers, our responsibility is to help the talent, to help people who are talented and whose passion is music. Because if we don't help you, who will? So he was that kind of a beautiful person. And uh, God bless him. He wow. did very well, you know for this being in this business and being in this in a city like Oklahoma, it's not your biggest, you know, music hub. It's, it has a great community, music community, but you know, and I was always amazed at how well he did, but I think it's because like what we call a good karma, right? Because he really was blessing people who needed it most, us professional yes. musicians and students, especially. So he was, he was gifting yes. people. And didn't you say that, your mom had the idea to pray yes, for, for an Italian violin for you for like months or weeks. And then this guy pops out of nowhere with this. Absolutely. I'm so glad you crazy mentioned that. Violin. Yes. What happened is that when, when this, 
conversation sprang. Someone told me about this and I told my mom, well, you know, uh, there's no way, you know, th there's no way I could get a, a fancy Italian violin. They're very, very expensive. It's like my mom said, like, well, okay, I'm just going to pray for it. And I was like, it's like praying to be the queen of England, you know, praise for that. And, I love it. you know, and my mom was like, well, okay, but I'll just, and she started praying. And I tell you, she has, you know, we have this, we still have this journal where we wrote, you know, our prayer requests and when we start praying. And to this day, I have that book and it's exactly, was exactly a month today when I had that wow. problem, which is, uh, I, I myself, I have a hard time believing, but you know, uh, there were so many times when I felt like, well, this is over, you know, I have to start, stop dreaming, you know, just be happy with what you got. Don't try to, to, to do anything bigger, just make enough money, you know, you know, you know how we are sometimes we feel like sometimes maybe enough. Once you get to a certain age, people say, well, well, you, you don't need to dream big anymore. You're already as big as you will ever get, you know, you're already in your forties. Yeah. But then I would think, well, if, God made it that I have this instrument, this incredible instrument. Why would I have it if I didn't have, didn't need any big dreams, you know? So that, yes, that I love that reminder to me too. Well, and you love to play. It's your yes. gift. Yes. And, you know, I always think, you know, from um, one believer to another is I, I think that this verse can be a little bit universal, but he says, my yoke is easy. And I believe yes. that that's how it is with our talents. Yes. When it's easy yeah. for us. I mean, I know that playing the violin and your art in your art is not easy, but it's easy for you. If you put in the discipline, You're right. if you have the discipline, then it's your, it's your gift. It's your talent. So I just think that that's so neat and he's allowing you to use it. And then what a beautiful, like treasured reminder. Yes. Every time you play that, yes. I bet you're just like overwhelmed that you even have that beautiful that's true. Just heirloom. It's so cool. Yes. Well, so tell me about the discipline that it takes to play some of these pieces that you play. I'm not a violinist. I'm more of a dancer, but. I know how difficult oh, yes. that piece, these pieces are that you're playing. And I just wonder, like, how long does it take you to practice, like, one of these amazing classical pieces? You know, that's a great question. And I have to say, um, and I, I sound like a broken record, but, you know, any musician and or a dancer, dancers, I don't know. I mean, it's hard for us because we only have to worry about our hands. You guys have to exercise the whole body that's like outrageous so as a dancer you can understand but as a musician I always tell everybody without a parent care you can't really become a successful classical musician because you have to start so early you have to start wow when you're that early you don't understand that you need to go to to a teacher, you don't have the money to pay teachers. You don't know that you even need to start playing when you're seven. Of course, I have a lot of really gifted students who started later, but still there was always someone who encouraged you because when you're, and for me, of course, that was the most crucial thing, I think for to my whatever success I've achieved was that because I had uh, that my mom, she really made sure that I started early and she did everything possible possible and impossible to make sure and continue give me opportunity to have the, the wonderful teachers to take me to lessons to 
you know, do all that. It's just, it's very, very time consuming to have kids who study music or dance, you know, uh, maybe people who have uh, their kids study athletics can relate to that too. You know, it's the same thing. First and foremost, it's the family that has to help you. And then little by little you start, you know, for me, you know, it took a while. I, I loved playing. I hated practicing. So, um, but because of my mom, you know, not giving up and because I did love it because both of my parents were performance, professional performers. They were in the rock band together and I traveled with them when I was little. So I absolutely loved stage. And so, but then uh-huh. once I became a teenager, I actually started realizing, wait a minute, when I practice, I play better and it's actually more fun. So that's but, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So years and years of work, but you're right. When it comes to the yoke being easy, you're right, because you love it so much that it's, it becomes all the hard work becomes worth it because it's yes. very fulfilling. Um, it's just right for you. It fits you. You know, it's like, you know, a piece of clothing that you try on and maybe someone else doesn't get it, but it fits you so well. You just love wearing, you know, it's that feeling where it's yes. right for you. And I think that's what makes it's it made easy. for yeah. you. I think so too. And you know, I was thinking about this while you were talking about how you hated practicing, but you loved <laughs> performing. I think that's every child in the world, you know, is is going through that. And I love that you point out that it does take yes. the parents. And this is a really good time. I know my my family is musical as well. And this is a really good time for our boys to mm-hmm. learn music. And that's one of the things we've been focusing on. Because my husband, you know, plays the piano and the drums and uh, the guitar. And so we're pouring that into our boys right now that we have time with them. And, you know, one of them likes it. The others really don't. (laughs) So, but we're making all of them. Uh, But it's so important because what if that is their gift and they don't know it until they get past the hump of the monotonous You know, I I think that's really interesting. Well, I know during this time, it's, it's a little unsettling with everything that's going on. We have all of these new um, mandates where we have to stay inside and we're quarantined to our house. And, and a lot of people are, you know, just kind of spiraling in fear. And I think, I think when you have faith, then that a lot of that fear is calmed down a bit, but Tell me how just going through that hard time when you were in Moscow and, and being a refugee and how that, what, what did you learn out of that, that you can apply to COVID-19 and all of the people that are listening, because you are a survivor, you've been through turmoil and you came out a champion. I mean, you came out as a public figure and a champion. So can you walk us through your brain the best you can on how you're, you're handling you know, that? Uh, thank you so much. I, I really, you know, you mentioned something before that you just hit the nail on the head when you said it's the little things. Just at the beginning we were talking about, and you were talking about the little things that you see really God in. And I think that's yes. what it is. And yes, I being a refugee is crazy. There were just so many things that happened in my life that I never expected to happen. And there maybe they seem scarier than what other people have gone through. But you know what? 
the things that are comforting all are the same. They are the little things. That's the most amazing thing. That, you know, remember mm. that story when um, God wasn't in the wind and he wasn't in the fire, but he was in the whisper. And I feel like that's, that's most of the time how you realize that God is here. It's through the little things. I don't know. And it's the same with when I play, when I teach my students and when they, they're trying to make a big breakthrough, I always tell them it's the little things that make the biggest breakthroughs. And on one hand, maybe it sounds strange, but on the other hand, that's why it doesn't matter how big or how small your problem is. For God, it's never going to be too big or too small. It, and it's true because I he's always it. in the little things. So even any bigger thing is just a lot of little things put together. Like for example, for example, if you look at the mountain and you break it down, break it down to the particles, it's the atoms and the you know whatever the the small particle. Every, the whole world consists of little tiny things. And so when, oh, you know, so when, beautiful. It's That's just so like true. music. That piece that I played, for example. Well, how did I arrange it? One note at a time. How did I learn how to play one scale at a time? You know, we only have four strings on the violin and we only use four fingers. And so those are just four little things put together in all these amazing, beautiful combinations. And, you know, that's how God is. He doesn't require a huge, just think of who Moses was. He was like a very, well, after he escaped Egypt, of course, in Egypt, he was a big thing, but you know, he was a very normal, the Bible says somewhere that he was the most modest person of all. He was a very normal. And he did not like to speak. Yeah, exactly. he, he was like, I can't speak. He didn't want yes. to speak. You know, so I think the most comforting thing that I've learned through the whole journey that there, God always has someone to help you. And it, mm, you don't, good. and it's not a Superman most of the time. It would be like that girl who doesn't even know me. All of a sudden, she was there to help me solve that problem with my mom's, you know, uh, uh, living space. Or, you know, and that's what I'm grateful when we came to this country. You know, it was like, it was amazing. It was such an amazing miracle that happened. It was like traveling to the other side of the, side of the rainbow. You know how the people say, if you get to the end wow. of the rainbow, you see a pot of gold. We came and we saw beautiful American people and we fell in love with all of this. And we're very fortunate and honored to be the part of American people. It's been, we've been American citizens for a very long time. I count it a privilege. And through, and everything that's happening today, we see how American people are proving that they're beautiful and they care for each other. And, you know, that's what I love the most about life that and about God that he will help you. But most of the time, it will be just a regular person, you know, regular person who will, so be, maybe, who will be right it's, there at the right time. And that is so true. And, you know, I've been blessed by people in my family, people not in my family. And you look back and you think that yes. had to have been God. There's no, that makes no sense. I mean, we had an older couple help us get a house that was way out of our price range that we could have never gotten, but they just wanted to bless us with it and cars and have been given to me just crazy things. But 
I've always got on my knees and prayed, regardless of what was going on. I've always prayed. Now, have I always made great choices? Of course not. <laughs> but, but I've always prayed. And I think that God uses, like you said, that yes. little whisper, he uses it in our own ear. And then he also uses it in our ear and in our intuition to stop yeah. and help people yes. in the same breath. And I think it's just like this beautiful circle that we help each other. And I, I just think, I think that something like this that's going on, that's hard can bring people together if we learn to listen and pray and have faith. And, and I knew that you would be such a great Testament to that. And just by sharing your story and, and it's so wise because the little things are so important. They're so important. And the gratitude in the little things just makes our hearts so much bigger towards, you know, what we're going through and bigger towards other people. who gets the most love? The little ones. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, my big boys will say that. My big boys say, oh, my goodness. Anson gets everything he wants. I'm like, look at him. Look at those I know, eyes. Right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I love them all. <laughs> well, they just crawl up in your lap and you just melt. And you're like, oh, gosh, they're so sweet. Well, that is so true. So. One, th- one more thing that I want to talk about before we leave, if, and this is, this may be a hard question, but I think that you'll have a, an easy time answering it. And to our audience and who's listening right now to the podcast show, if you just had one little bit of wisdom to give the country, the nation, the world that's listening to this podcast what would be your bit of advice through everything you've worked through? It would be like this, the summed up title of your book of what you would write from the book of your life that we could just read in a couple of seconds. What would, what advice would you give to people now? Well, this is the hard one and I don't count myself as a guru who would, but to myself, what I proved, and I know it's a very cliche, but it's basically do what you love now. Don't wait for tomorrow. I think that's what we're mm-hmm. learning. You know, don't listen to other people who tell you, so what you, you're good at music, who's going to buy you CDs or something or anything else, or uh, maybe you love cleaning, then clean. You know, I think what we're all learning I love is it. be in the moment, but love, do what you love in that moment just like that's what I do when I play that's why it's so rewarding for me I really love doing it some people hate it and so to me that's what I'm looking it's 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 never too late to start doing it if you haven't done it and it's never too soon I think that's brilliant advice I don't think it's cliche at all I think it's not heard enough because people push their what they yes. love to the back, mm-hmm. and to the back, and, and you know what? Maybe that's what's stealing our women. joy. Wouldn't you, you say know? we women are especially? Oh, yes. But yes. how many times did you hear about a heroic woman who went with her man, even though it meant being without salary? But he went what he loved, and everybody applauds, and that's great. But how many? Now it's better. But like ten years ago, it was. It never happened like that for a woman. Very rarely you would see, you know, that testimony where a man would stay home for a woman pursuing her 
you know, career or something like that just because she loves and she's great at it. You know, we women just, and it's not because anybody forced us, we just can't because we're mothers and that's a great thing. But then, you know, that's especially important for us to pay attention to that, that we tend to be more sacrificial naturally, which is great for being a mother. But then once your kids grow up, you know, you have to remember you're, you're not just a mother. You're also a human being. Yeah, yeah, with talent. Are. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Diana, I'm so thankful, or Diana, I'm so thankful that we had, your name yes, is spelled is Diana you know, to the American actually, eye. Like exactly the same name, name, so I'm not offended. If people call me Diana, they're basically calling me by the same name. It's just. I love it. Well, Diana, <laughs> I know how to pronounce it now, so I'm going to try to say it correctly. Um, Diana, honestly, we're just so grateful. And I think that you've given beautiful words of wisdom. And thank you for sharing your beautiful story. And I think it's going to be a, a very big encouragement to a lot of people. And just your faith is, is so beautiful as well. And thank you for sharing that, because I think that can help people during this time that are searching that, that, you know, don't know how to look at the little things, which I think is so beautiful because God is in the little things. It's not big miracles and, you know, I mean, it can be, but, but it's also a lot of little tiny miracles. And then just the profound statement to do what you love now. I know that touched me because, you know, as, as women, especially artistic, creative women, it's hard to do that. And I'm starting to do that and I'm getting a lot of joy from that. And I think that joy yeah. hides there and, you know, the beautiful things that we love to do. So tell people where they can buy your music or where they can find you. Um, yeah, I know you have, I have a YouTube really channel. A, so, and... um, I, I have a YouTube channel and I, I just sent one of my videos on Facebook and it seems to be catching fire, which is wonderful. But if you, but on Facebook, That's sometimes great. it's hard to find it. So, uh, if you, uh, I'm on YouTube, it's just my name, Diana Side. So if you go on YouTube and just uh, look for it, I'm actually have uh, a lot of tutorials there and as well as my performances. I actually also uh, put my three tracks, three hymn arrangements, uh, Amazing Grace, Great is the Faithfulness, and also Take My Life and Let It Be long time ago on Spotify. So if they would like to listen to, I would appreciate it because it's there. Um, so okay um, I guess uh, that's great and you also do do you do private do, lessons as well virtual yeah, private I, lessons? I have done private lessons virtually for a long time already for several years way because way before this craziness started and so if, you know, <laughs> that's good of course, for uh violin if you're for beginners it's harder to do virtual lessons but if uh, I love teaching uh, high schoolers it's, and college-level college, stu- college level students or maybe adults who are maybe into inter- beginners through intermediate. That works also very well. If you want to send me, um, post a comment. I have a website also. Um, if you find me and just post a comment in my, um, in my video on my YouTube, that's great if you're interested. Uh, I would appreciate that we can arrange something really easily. And I have a very good friend who has a music academy. It's Academy of Kansas, Piano Academy of Kansas City. And they do wonderful, wonderful, wonderful piano lessons there and other instruments. So 
Wonderful. That's so amazing. Thank you again, Deanna. I'm so grateful that you took the time uh, to do the show with us. And thank you. I just hope everybody goes and listens to your absolutely brilliant music that you're putting out and the fact that it's these hymns with these arrangements (laughs) that are like it's like a mix between Beethoven and Jesus I don't know (laughs) as close as I can get but it's a beautiful combination so anyway um thank you again and I uh, I stay safe and um I hope to maybe visit with you soon in the future and you're doing a beautiful job I just enjoyed it you're a wonderful host brilliant and gracious and I just really really I'm honored and blessed to to be a part of this wonderful endeavor thank you so much oh thank you so much that means a lot your words are very sweet thank you so much Deanna and again uh, listeners find Deanna Sykes thank you and listen to her beautiful